Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello, how are you? And welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. And it's me, Ben Barrett, doing the intro today. And I am delighted to say that I am joined, as always, by one of the three amigos, Dave Coates. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. <laughs> and now with me doing the intro, that means there's no Ian today, the busiest man in the world. Ian Perkins couldn't make it, unfortunately. But we do have a third voice on the podcast today, and it's a very, very good one. 136 Yeovil Town appearances, 26 Yeovil Town goals gave many a League Two left-back far, far too many sleepless nights. I'm delighted to say that we're joined by Kevin Gull. Kev, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? You guys good? Yeah, we're brilliant. Thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us. We've had a bit of a a trip down memory lane on the Glovers cast recently. We had a podcast uh, celebrating all things Gary Johnson after its uh, 20-year anniversary of his appointment. And uh, Dave and Ian had a really interesting chat with Hugo Rodriguez. I would say to anybody who hasn't listened to either of those podcasts, go back, find it, download it and listen to it because they're both genuinely fantastic chats. But you were a big part of that era as well. So we were delighted to get you on and delighted to talk about what was, well, one heck of a time to be involved and support Yeovil Town. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people ask, what was it like and, you know, what the the sort of Yeovil days and stuff. But, I mean, I know I'm quite biased, but I don't think there's many, and not that I know of anyway, that, you know, the squads and the way that I think that because Yeovil being Yeovil as it is in a small place, to you know, to a point how the squad integrated with the whole town it, it, itself 
for me, I think that was the that was the biggest part of that. I mean, Gary's philosophy, as he's probably told you um, before, was he wanted everybody that was playing for the football club to live in Yorval. And, yeah. you know, I, I was I was obviously living in Wales at the time and I'd been to Bristol Rovers, so I was travelling into Bristol Rovers. So going down to Yorval was very, was very new and different. But to be honest, I think that was the making of the start really of, of, of the whole journey for the whole, you know, for the whole club and, and the town, to be honest. Yeah. And, and tell us, uh, Kev, I mean, you, you mentioned there about being at Bristol Rovers. You started at um, uh, Cardiff and, and then it was Newcastle, wasn't it? And uh, just reading your Wikipedia, it suggested 150 grand they paid for you at New, Newcastle. I mean, how did that yeah. come about? Well, I used to be good when I was young. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I was I was I was a schoolboy at Cardiff um, and I was playing sort of county football um, for Merthyr at the time. And the actual county that we were playing for folded and I, I had to I had to go and play for the Cannon Valley, which was sort of about 15 minutes away. And I ended up going playing there, doing really well, going to Cardiff. And actually, obviously, getting picked for Wales under 15s, and yes. actually playing for in the the first, you know, the Adidas Victory Shield, um, and I scored on my debut against England um, at Cardiff at Ninian Park, and it was after that game that Newcastle basically asked me to go up on trial. Um, so obviously, I went up on trial when you know I went up on I was only 14 at the time, so I went up on trial, went all the way up on my own. Um, a long way against a. Played against a way, it was a long way, six hours on the train, went up, you know, sort of, but obviously the opportunity was there and, you know, went up, played against a Welsh team, Carmarthen, I think, if I remember, and I think we played four 25 minutes and after the first 25 minutes, I'd scored four goals and wow. um, Kenny Daglish was actually there watching um, with John John Carver and they pulled me off at the side and said, Kev, we'd like to offer you a five-year contract now. So I was like, you know, wow. it, it, was, it was a bit mind-blowing. Yeah, it was a bit mind-blowing at the time. And obviously, people were signing scholars and stuff like that, like, you know, YTS and stuff. Whereas, you know, I was going straight into a professional contract, you know, at, at you know from 14. So it, I was lucky at the time. And obviously, they had to pay they had to pay Cardiff initially 150 grand compensation and rising up to 300 grand if I'd, if I'd you know, sort of progressed. Um, so luckily, luckily for them, you know, I sort of didn't make, make that sort of step, but, um, it was penis for them, to be honest. I think that, you know, the way that Newcastle at the time, obviously with the players they had and stuff like that was, it was a massive sort of step for me and leaving home at 14, 15, you know, was, I never thought twice about it, to be honest. So it, it was, that's when it started for me, really. I was going to say, and how was that as a grounding to be, as a you know, in a town like Newcastle, where they, you know, revere their centre forwards, don't they? I mean, how was it to yeah. be at, at a club like that at that time? Because as you say, it was a, a good time to be there. Yeah, to be honest, it was, yeah, to be honest, it was sort of, it was a bit surreal all the time because even the youth team players used to get stopped in the street on Northumberland Street and ask for your pictures and stuff. And the fans were just like, they, they, they were brilliant, you know, and, you know, when I when I was sort of youth team and stuff and Kenny Dagley used to come down and watch all the youth team games on a Saturday if they were playing at home. And so the, the integration and stuff with the first team and then going and training with the first team and, you know, sort of I scored on my debut for the for the reserves against Sunderland and training with the first team. So 
you know, players, training with players like obviously Alan Shearer, Aspria, Ginola, Dave, uh, you know, Peter Beardsley, people like that. It, it, it was, you know, Gary Speed was obviously very instrumental for me because I was sort of the, you know, there was only me and one other Welsh lad there. So I was his boot boy and he sort of took me under his wing really and sort of looked after me really well. So for me, the, the sort of squad and the way that it was and, and stuff, you know, with the likes of, you know, then, you know, you had Rob Lee, Kieran Dyer, Warren Barton, you know, Craig Bellamy, you know, Les Ferdinand. There were, there were some wow. ridiculous players there for, yeah. you know, for me. So as, a, so as a grounding for me, it was the sort of best sort of education, football education for me, because to, to watch them train and stuff like that every day and be involved and train with them and stuff, go and watch all the first team games was, was obviously, you know, I think that was the pivotal point for me in my career because I know I had a lot of disappointments in my career, but I think that sort of grounding always spurred me on to say, well, I might not be good enough for you, but it doesn't mean I'm not good enough. I'll, I'll just go somewhere else and play. So, yeah. whereas a lot of people would just, a lot of people would have just given up, you know, sort of, and to be honest, a lot of people would have given up before I'd even got to Yeovil. I mean, a lot of people don't know what actually happened and, and stuff, but I think if I hadn't have had that grounding and that sort of early on, I think a lot of people would have would have just sort of walked away from the Bristol mm-hmm. Rovers side, to be honest. So it was, uh, yeah. you know, it, it was good for me, really. Yeah. So what did happen there? Because you, you, you went, as you said, to Newcastle, Bristol Rovers, and that yeah. seems like a big move, but it was closer to home, I suppose, being from yeah, Well, it, it was, to be honest, it was only because there was a, one of the scouts Actually, before I went to Cardiff when I was younger, I went to Norwich and Man United to, to train and play. And I got Osgood Slathers in my knees, right, really bad. So I had, to, I had to sort of stop for eight months when I was younger. Um, obviously, growing pains. And listen, I wasn't I wasn't the biggest, but, you know, um, just at that age and stuff, I think, it, you know, lads go through it and stuff. But there was a scout called Richard. Um, and when I left Newcastle, I mean, I had about eight months left on my deal and, they they sort of said you can you you know you can stay or you know you can look elsewhere. So I went to the exit trials at Lillishaw. Um, whereas I don't know if you know what 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 sort of they're all about. Mm. It's just a cattle market to be honest for players who get released from Premier League clubs and loads of scouts go and watch. It's like exit trials nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. But I went there and I had a lot of interest. But one of the guys that was stood there with the manager of Bristol Rovers was this Richard. So he came on to me and said, Kev, come down to Bristol Rovers. You know, we'll sign you or we'll sign, come and come and sign with us. So I didn't have to go on trial anywhere. So that's sort of how that came about, really. Um, and obviously they were playing at a decent level then, even though I was sort of involved in the last, I think it was five or 10 games of the season, they got relegated. But it was big for me because I'd gone from youth team football and reserve football straight into first team football. Um, and then obviously the manager... Um, got the sack. Uh, Gary Thompson got the sack, and then um, Jerry Francis came in. Um, and to be honest, um, I played quite a few games under Jerry Francis, but I played as a centre midfielder, and right. I was like a, an attacking centre midfielder. So he saw something a little bit different, sort of thing for it. Maybe, like I say, because when I was younger, I was quick and you know I was fit as I got forward and stuff. So. I had a really good, to be honest, I really enjoyed my football there. Um, the fans were great. You know, the club as a whole was great. Um, and then the summer came and uh, Jerry Francis obviously left and 
Ray Graydon came in. Um, and to be honest, um, with no disrespect to Ray Graydon, but he was very old school. Um, you know, shirt and tie to training, clean shaven, no swearing. Um, and if you know me, <laughs> that doesn't go down too well. So um, it, and I was driving in from, from Wales, from Merthyr every day, and he didn't want the young players. So he basically told all the young players, you can leave. Um, but obviously I had another year left on my contract at Bristol Rovers. Um, so I was driving in from Merthyr every day and I was doing a 12 minute run and driving back home again. And it got to the point where I was looking elsewhere um, and then I'd spoken to Gary Johnson and he was desperate for a striker at the time. Um, and this was sort of, this was, I think this was at the Christmas, just, just after the Christmas time. Um, and he asked me to come down and stuff, but Bristol Rovers basically said to me, you know, yeah, you can leave, um, but we're not going to pay you up. We're not going to pay you any contract you've got left, which I, you know, I had about obviously then till July left. Um, so regarding, and it's not so much about the money, but I had a contract left for, you know, seven or eight months and I didn't really just want to walk away. I was only a young kid. Um, and Gary Johnson basically wanted me to go and come and play in a trial game um, against Torquay. And so I had the choice of either walking away from, you know, 20, 30 grand's worth of money that I was owed from the football club or, um, you know, sit and come in and run every single day. So I basically sort of took of the chance to say, well, rip up my contract and I'll go down to Yeovil. So I was, you know, oh. theoretically, I was sort of, I was I was unemployed, you know. I had no I had no I had no club. I had no football. I could have gone to Yeovil and got injured, you know. And you know, it, anything could anything could have happened, sort of thing, really. But I think knowing that, that you know Gavin Williams was there and knowing Gav yeah. from Merthyr, um, and seeing the sort of what the club was doing and all about. Obviously, being in Bristol, you knew what what Yeovil was about. Um, and even though they were in the conference at the time, for me, I just saw it as an opportunity to say, you know what, you know, I back myself in, in my ability. I think I can go down there and do well. And, you know, I sort of said to Gary, yeah, I'll come down no problem at all and play in the trial game and ended up playing in the trial game. And um, it, we, were, we, we were losing. Uh, we were, sorry, we, we started. It was 6-1 we won, but the first half, we were winning 2-0. And I'd set up both the goals for the other centre forward that was on trial. Um, and it was a boy from Stevenage. I can't remember his name. It was a boy from Stevenage. I can't remember his name. And went in half time and Gary sort of, as I was walking back out, he said, you know that I'm looking for a striker, you know, I need some goals. So he sort of, you know. Don't set him up you know, scoring. Yeah, yeah he, says, so he was like, well, stop setting him up. But and I, funny enough, I actually went out and scored a hat trick in the second half. We won six <laughs> one, and he asked me to sign. He asked me to sign till the end of the season. So, you know, and 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 again, not talking, you know, sort of the situation with money and stuff. But for a couple hundred quid a week, from what I was earning at Bristol Rovers, was a million miles apart. But for me, it was the football. Yeah. It was the sort of mentality of what Gary wanted to buy into and stuff, and. I snapped his hand off, to be honest, and said, yeah, I'd love to sign, you know, yeah, you know, I'll sign. It sort of went from there, you know, and scored my hitting, debut against I'm going to say, yeah. debut. Talk about hitting the ground running. I was, I was doing the maths. 
14 league goals. You were second top scorer. You were only there yeah. for two and a half, three months. You were there for two and a half months, yeah, I know. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> outrageous return of goals for a first season. Yeah, that was, was obviously the year that we won we won the conference and we yeah, won the conference yeah. with the greatest of respect at a bit of a canter. There was only yeah. really two or three other teams who were ever really in the consideration. What yeah. was it like being in, for all intents and purposes, a football league squad, but playing outside the football league? Because it was, it was Gav, it was, it was Michael McKindo, it was Skivo at yeah. the back, wheelie and goal. It was, it was a football league club in everything apart from league status. Did it feel like it that? Was. Oh, absolutely. Not so much just football-wise, but the fitness-wise too. Yes. Like, every game we played, we knew for a fact, and this is one thing Gary might have told you, we knew teams would tie a second half. Mm. So, when you play in a team where you've got Darren Way absolutely biting at your heels every two seconds, <laughs> and then you've got people like Lee Johnson that can just get a ball and pinpoint somebody wherever you want it, Skivo and Plucky at the back, you know, Lads that were, you know, were, were, they, they were like you said, they were football league players, and ultimately they were they were fitter than everybody, they were stronger than everybody, they were men mentally stronger than everybody, and I and I personally think that plus what I said right at the start, the team spirit and uh, the camaraderie that I think that Gary had instilled in the football club and the town itself, yeah. for me. We never ever went into any game thinking we were going to lose, and that for me that was a. I don't think there's many teams that you can hang your hat on any Yeovil team, even when they got to the championship. Mm. I still don't think that any Yeovil team, in my opinion, ever sort of went into every game as fearless as I think that the squad that we had did. To be honest, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um... I remember it not being an, an, an arrogant sort of thing, but just a sheer confidence of we yeah. know we're going to get the opportunity to score four or five. And we yeah, know exactly, that our yeah. defence is good enough that you might only yeah. get one chance. If we take half exactly. our chances, you haven't got a chance anyway. It was a Ben, that was, ben, that was exactly what it was. We knew that we had going forward, we had the players that would create and score goals for fun every game. But we also then, like you say, we knew with you know people like Skibo and Coll at the back, Wheelie and Gold, Steve Collis that was that was playing, you know, Lindy, you know, Lockie, you know, all the lads that we had in and around Roy O'Brien, you know, pe people like this that the lads that we had within that squad, and the lads that didn't start sometimes, the lads that then come in, look at look at Stano. Mm -hmm. You know, I always had this thing that we had this joke running joke with Stano that like if I sometimes I was playing, I would come off like with 10 minutes to go and then Stano would end up scoring. And I we used to have the laugh and say, Stano, I'll do all your running. I'll, I'll make them tired for you and you just come on and score. So, but that's the kind of, that's the kind of relationship that we had with all the lads and stuff, to be honest. And it was, it was almost, and I don't know, again, if you know, that every Friday night before a home game, we used to go down to Tamburino's um, mm. and and have a meal with all the lads together. And Maka Maka was the was the leader of it all, you know, with his OCD and his the way that he was. You know, we had a meal out, and if you you know if we won on a Saturday and we wore the, the our green terrible green polo shirt to the match, we'd have to wear it again next week. So these were the kind of things that, that, that the lads did, to be honest. And, you know, and, and, and I, and I dare, you know, say it, you know, you go out together and you, you play together, you work together. And 
that's what it was. You probably everybody in the town knew that after training, they'd probably see the, all the lads in Pizza Hut or walking around town in Costa or something. That was just the life that we had. You know, we we lived we lived in Yorval. We lived for football basically. Um, and for me, you know, all the clubs that I've been to, and, I, and I've had a few, <laughs> that was for me the 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 sort of you know, I mean, even when I went to Carlisle. The, the squad that we had there, that you know, the lads that we had there were a great group, group of lads, a great set of lads. But like five or six of us lived in Newcastle and stuff. And you know, mm. but whereas at Yeovil, we all we spent all our time together. So we almost were like a, a group of best friends, basically, as well, just enjoying playing football together. Do you think that? It meant- do, you, do you think that that helped then when we went into the football league because? We we missed out on the playoffs on goal difference in the first yeah. in the first league. Um, I yeah. want to talk about Rochdale specifically on that opening day because that is a day yeah. that will go down in in I mean I mean in folklore and history. And of course, you are the yeah. you are the answer to the Yeovil Town question of sport quiz question <laughs> about that first ever goal. What do you remember yeah. of that day apart from the weather? Everyone always says it was about a million degrees. It was horrendous. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember it was, it was bloody hot to be honest, but. Uh, um, to be honest, I remember everything about it, the build-up to it, the hotel we went to, um, everything, driving up and seeing all the fans, you know, the chatting and, like, every time, you know, we were always, I think, that as a squad, we were always made to feel very welcome by the Yeovil fans. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's because the Yeovil players always made their fans feel welcome. And in my opinion, and whether I'm right or wrong, I think that's what's missing a little bit within the club right now. Okay. Yeah. You know, you know, and and you know, I've listened. I know we'll talk about the Stano thing in a minute, but for me, that was the whole idea of of, of that kind of thing. Really, is to maybe bring the fans and the club back a bit closer together. Um, and I know there's things out of people's control that what's going on, as everybody knows. Um, but I think that that welcome and that sort of calmness. I remember the I remember the photographs and the the the, the stuff that we had before we even travelled on the bus, you know, up to up to Rochdale and stuff like that. Even that kind of stuff. But it was the, for me, like I say, yes, of course, I'll always remember the goal. But it was the atmosphere. I think that the the fans, the Oval fans, made that day. It for us, it was just another game, you know, because I think we had that confidence within the team and the squad. We didn't fear anybody in Rochdale. It, it was just Rochdale for us. It was it was like playing, you know, Burton Albion yeah. the season before, or you know, Kettering or whatever. It was just another team. It didn't really matter who it was. So there was Gary. So yeah. There was no thought of of just we'll just consolidate this year, finish fifteenth, and it'll be absolutely okay. not. No, it was no. It was, the playoffs were always in your thoughts, in your minds, and to finish absolutely. that close was. Obviously, a bit disappointing, but at the same time, a huge success for a first season in the yeah. NFL. Yeah, I think. Listen, we, we were disappointed. Yeah. If you'd been in that change room after that game, you would have seen a lot of people that were gutted, you know. And it, it was difficult because, like I say, Gary had instilled this mentality, this winning mentality into the team, and Tomo was a was a big part of mm, that as well. Of course, yeah. And you know, listen. For, you know, and, I, and I'm I'm one of them. You know, Tomo, when Tomo took over and ended up that I ended up leaving, he didn't renew my contract. 
you know, I could easily, you know, be bitter about things. But, you know, listen, Tomo was great. And I still speak to Tomo now and stuff. Tomo was a big part of that, you know, that, that group. And even people like, you know, Mo O'Donnell, you know, God bless him, he's not here anymore and, and stuff. And things like people like Mo and Stuart Housley, you yeah, know, and true. them kind of guys and, and stuff that they were a massive part of, of the whole club culture and stuff. And, even you know, we had a good relationship with a lot of people outside of the club, fans and stuff, you know, personal people um, that were fans of the club, but became friends of the players. Yeah. You know, they looked after us, they were nice, you know, and stuff like that. So, and it's nice for me now because although I don't get as much interaction where I'd like to, the stuff of the Stano game for me has been great because it's been able to bring up a lot of old sort of people and relationships that 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 we all respected and appreciated, to be honest. So for me, that that's that's been a nice thing. But the group of people that we had within the within the club and stuff. And I remember we had Mark Ladle, um, um, who was obviously the mind coach. Oh yeah, the mind coach. So yeah, to yeah, say, yeah. Mark, yeah, and and. and you know, look into my eyes, look into my eyes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and we have this conversation with Mark quite a few times. I don't think anybody listened, but everybody listened to a point yeah. because, <laughs> you know, it was, I think it was more Macca, to be honest. I think he was just talking to Macca all the time. Um, but he, again, people like Mark were good because he would instill that positivity into the lads and stuff, the night before a game and stuff like that. You know, he, he had me, you know, of... of and I, and, and I wouldn't say I don't believe in that kind of thing because you have, a, have to be a certain mentality, I think, for, for that kind of stuff. But it was the positivity that he brought out in the lads talking about the positive things and thinking like that. And I think because all the lads was in that frame of mind where we just went out and we wanted to win every single game and we believed we could win every single game, it sort of worked. So it was, you know, it was it, it all worked, to be honest. And... Um, like I say, I remember, I mean, I look back quite often, to be honest, at all the videos that, you know, um, that Fat Harry has put on, you know, the YTFC digital and stuff. You know, I watch them quite a lot, to be honest. And, mm. you know, I look back and all the sort of, you know, the conference stuff, the, you know, the Jono when he's let loose with the camera and stuff. And for me, you know, them kind of memories and stuff. You know, and I know again. I know I say I'm biased, but I just don't think that it'll be tough. To, it'll be tough to match that kind of. And, and I'm not saying we're better players than the current players and the current squad and stuff, because you know, like I say, it's very different now. Football's very different, but I just think the way that the squad was and the way that Gary had instilled. And listen, I think Darren's doing a great job at the minute. Yeah, it's tough for him. Um, He's doing his best. Him and Skivo are doing a good job. I know it's tough. Um, but again, you know, I always think that the club has at his disposal all of us, all of us yeah. ex-players. They have all of us. I would, I, I, at the drop of a hat, I would come and try and help out if I needed to in any single way or talk to players or whatever and I'm sure all the other lads would to be honest because that's what Yorval gave us as players Yeah. Um, I mean it's funny I always make this thing up about saying about players and stuff when players go to clubs fans expect them to live and die for the football clubs whereas it that doesn't happen you know 
Whereas when I came to Yeovil, Yeovil made me a fan of Yeovil Town. So, okay, yeah. you know, okay. I wasn't born in Yeovil, but I wasn't born and bred as a Yeovil fan. But I became a Yeovil fan very quickly because of what happened. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, for me, I think that kind of that kind of sort of the way that it was, um, you know, it, it, it made a difference. And I think that if the club would look, could, could, would look at little things like that, um, I personally think that it could help. Um, but, you know, like I say, whether that happens or not, I don't know. But, you know, yeah. I think they should look at, maybe look at, at doing something like that, I think. And, and you say, Kev, about uh, going back and looking at games. I mean, you, you obviously spent three and a, was it three and a bit seasons in the end yeah, uh, of the yeah. club? I mean, what what, yeah. what are the games that really stand out? Because there's some special league games, some cup games. I see Liverpool Cup game, that game at Charlton yeah. in the cup as well. I mean, what's the if, if you touched on Rochdale, which is the one if you if you couldn't pick Rochdale that that jumps out that you go back to on that YTFD digital? I think everybody would probably say Halifax away. Yes. You know, I absolutely. think everybody would probably say that, you know, 2 0 down, absolutely not doing very well. You know, we were there or thereabouts and we needed a win, you know. And I think that I remember going in at half time and listening to Gary Johnson absolutely screaming his head off, but in, in yeah. the right way and telling us, listen, you know, th- this is our chance, this is what we've got. Um, and going back out and just being a totally different team, you know. And luckily for me, you know, I, you know, I, I got all the goals, but. The way that the team played and how quickly we changed the game by the, t- you know, just up in the tempo a little bit. For me, that was probably, you know, the game I think that changed everything for that season. I think that kicked us on to make us, you know, be able to go and win the win the conference. But like you say, there's loads of games, you know, Doncaster away on Sky, mm-hmm. you know, that game um, where we battered them and they were, you know, they were expected to beat us and push it all the way whereas we blew them away no problem yeah um you know and then you've got all like the games you say but you know liverpool's boltons or you know charlton's they're all but again and this might sound surprising to everybody again they were just they were just we didn't approach liverpool any different to what we approached halifax that's Mm -hmm. just that's just how gary johnson you know sort of instilled in us we we always thought that we had not we had a chance yeah, and uh, you, you, we, we asked a few questions of, uh, asked people to send in questions to, to, to ask you, and a, and a couple of people mentioned that Halifax game and said how they came this close to leaving at half-time. Yeah, and how yeah, glad yeah. they were. <laughs> how yeah, glad they sure, were that yeah, they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> have you still sure. got the match ball? Yeah, um, yes, I have, actually. Have yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I, yeah, I was going to ask, because you the way you talk about the club and the way you talk about being a fan, do you still have... The match balls, the char- who whose shirt did you swap with against Liverpool against Charlton? Have you still got those things? Sammy have, have you? Yeah. Have you still Jerome got Thomas? Wow, yeah, Jerome Thomas. Did you get? Did you get player of the round for the Charlton game? Yeah, I got, I got the player of the fourth round against Charlton. Does I've that come with got, a little trophy and the thing and the? Yeah, I've got a I've got a plaque and a shield, um, and I've actually got the one of the balls that was actually used in the FA Cup final. That I got invited to because I won play the oh, round. So I'm actually wow. I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna auction that ball off for the Adams Dancehall Foundation. Wow, so brilliant! Was, yeah. Do you know so, that? So yes. So which FA Cup final so, was that? That would have been 2000. It was 2000 2005. Was that Man right? United, Man United Arsenal. Was it? I think it was Man United Arsenal. And they went to penalties. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. yes. 
Yeah. Be, yeah. be careful, Kev. I mean, he's got Ben here's got quite a museum, as you can see behind him on his yes. camera. So he, he's eyeing see, up yeah. everything. He's making a list of everything you've said. He wants it all in his yodel town. No museum. problem. I've got I've got loads I've got loads of stuff. So don't worry about that. Then we'll sort you out. So he'll give you his address. Oh yeah, that is that <laughs> no is problem. the only known match shirt of Jermaine Johnson who joined us on loan. Jermaine Johnson who what joined us on loan. Is, by the way. Got the shirt oh, and then never played yeah. for us. So big shout out to my mate Andy. Andy sorted me out with this shirt. So that's the what only one. I know it's a shame we didn't get to see any of him, really. He was a good player, he was, mate. Yeah, he was really, yeah. really good. He was he was something else in training, he was. Yeah. He was unbelievable. When when we just missed out on the playoffs, you talk about the big disappointment. You talk about the, the feeling of, of 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 really feeling Well, I was disappointed because I got dragged off a bloody after. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let Gary Johnson know about that one again. The, what the what could have been, eh? What could I know, been? I know, exactly. If only we'd have known. Um, the season after, you, your role kind of changed, didn't it, the season after? Because I was looking again at the stats. You played 52 games, one of about five or six lads to do so that season. Yeah. But you only actually scored three goals. You were far more of a, a provider. Obviously, we'd added Phil Jevons at that point. Yeah. But that season, that was another really special season where we made League Two look with all due respect, quite easy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, again, Gary was very clever with his recruitment and his players. Listen, Jevo was something else. Again, like Jevo was, Jevo was miles above the level that he should have been at at Yeovil, to be honest. He was, he was brilliant. I mean, you know, but again, my, my role changed because again, I think that I've always said this, that I always went to a club as a centre-forward and when they realised how quick I was, they just stuck me on the wing. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, listen, I didn't mind. Because, to be honest, I've always I've been looking for a long, long time. I've been looking, you know, like players get their own, you know, goals and assists and stuff now. I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to try and find out sort of how many assists I might have got because I think that I know I didn't score very many goals that season, but I think I got a hell of a lot of assists. So, you know, I think that that was the change in role. Gary brought different players in that you think that we needed. Um, and the game changed from the conference. Yeah. You know, you go into the league, we realised that the league was different. We needed that little bit of extra quality, um, you know, that, we, that, that we'd already had. And I think, you know, players like, you know, the Jevo came in and, you know, Bartos and, yeah. you know, Toss, Hugo course, and, yeah. yeah. You know, people like that who came in, they were different kinds of players that we would ever have had. You know, I mean, it's you look at the you look at the partnership and relationship that me and Jacko had. You know, as course, a, yeah. and you know, and Jake Edwards and Stano. You know, the four of us together before the Jevos and stuff came in. You know, we'd have no problem playing with each other and, and playing. You know, and battering people and stuff. But I think that we needed that bit of extra quality. And, and like you say, when Jevo came in and and people like that, I think that that changed. But we always kept the core of the, the squad. Yeah. You know, your Skivos, your Darnways, your Jonos, your Gavs, your, 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 you know, your Coles. Um, Roy O'Brien you know, was there as well. Roy O'Brien, Paul, yeah. Paul Terry, Wheelie, you know, people like that who were like the core of the team um, didn't really change, you know. So I think that you just, and that's what, again, was what Gary built. He, you know, he yeah. built a group of lads, but even when we went into the league, you lived in Yeovil. You know, you came down and you lived in Yeovil. There, there wasn't, there wasn't this, like I know they've got this thing. Was a lot of lads from London. I know they're getting a lot of lads on loan and stuff. But 
you know, for me, if you if you're buying into something, I think yeah. that that's what Gary Johnson would probably have have said will say to anybody that you know we wanted the people to buy into what he was trying to do. Really, I tell you what, you talking about your your statistics and and the assists and stuff. I'm just thinking now if if the phrases XG and XA were available back in 2003, four, five, ours would have been yeah. absolutely through the roof. There were times where yeah, we would, for sure we would yeah. score three, but our XG would have probably been six or seven. It was. It was oh, yeah, outrageous, sure, yeah. wasn't it? It was just something. Yeah, it was, so yeah. To yeah. win that league and to then step up to League One, I mean, we we weren't we weren't terrible in League One. It no. obviously it obviously started to slow down the progression. the The success started to slow down, but there was still relative success in League One the season after. We we were okay. <laughs> we did okay. Yeah, I think, listen, I think we did. I think we did okay. Yeah. You know, you think about it. You've gone from a conference team to a League One team in two years. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's a big step for any team. Big I mean, step. you know, look at Sheffield United, gone from League One, you know, to the Premier League. You know, and you look how much that, not so much how they struggle or whatever, but you can see the difference of player, the difference of fitness. That that you know, it is it is a step up, so they say, but. I still think we had we had recent you know we had decent success. Um, I still think we played the fearless, entertaining football that I think that we tried to play all along. Um, I just think we you know we let in more goals than what we you know what we were used to letting in and stuff. To be honest, and um, I think that was was a bit of our downfall. And then obviously when Gary left, you know it it, it did change the whole the whole atmosphere and the whole. Whole dynamics of the whole club changed. To be honest, I was that was exactly my next question. Obviously, you you outstayed um, uh, Gary until the end of the season. Did did it feel end of era? Did it feel end of sort of um, that group sort of crumbled away? Obviously, a few lads went up to Bristol and, and went with him at different stages and stuff. Did it kind of feel like that little yeah. core was yeah. coming to its natural conclusion? Yeah, I think I, I think that's definitely right. To be honest, I think that begrudgingly it, it, it was it was being sort of picked apart to be honest and and, and listen that's football mm. and Gary went and you know we, we all appreciated that and and, and and totally understood and other players went and we appreciated and understood that to be honest and but listen you know Gary Johnson he, he's still in my phone as gaffer you know and, and that was the that was the kind of thing that you know that that we had and stuff and, and, and I think we always still have so yes, I think that you know for sure, Ben. I think that was the sort of you know. Listen, I would have loved to have stayed at Yorval for ten years, you know, and 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 stuff. But at the time, Tomo thought that you know that it it was it was the a different route he wanted to go down with different players and stuff. And you know, I thought I think it just sort of filtered itself out and um, it went from there. But listen, you know, for me, I wouldn't change wouldn't change a second of it to be honest and and I think that if you if I had a chance again you know and and stuff I'd do exactly the same thing again to be honest so for me I don't think I don't think that was a um a changing point in football yes as a football club I think yes but for me it helped me because I just went on and and tried to play football as 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 far as I could to be honest yeah, and you you went to Carlisle. Obviously, you say a con- contract run out, um, and you actually scored, didn't you, at Yeovil in your your first goal for Carlisle, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't celebrate, <laughs> didn't celebrate did I? I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I think I did. Um, 
Yeah, was more probably, Bigham, was it? Yeah, that was probably that was probably more against Tomo than anybody else. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think he knows that as well. But um, yeah, I did. Yeah, I think that was the um, second game of the season. I think it was uh, down there. I think. But uh, yeah, listen. I again went up to, you know, went up to Carlisle, and like I say, you know, Paul Simpson signed me, and then three days later he left and went to Preston. So uh, yeah. I just signed a two-year contract. The manager came in and, and done one. So I was like, you know, for God's sake, yeah, you, know, <laughs> you know, yeah. You is, it, is it me or is this is this just really <laughs> happening? But um, I played, like I say, I played every every single game that season um, for Carlisle. Then the next season, the manager got the sack. New manager, you know, took over. Didn't play, you know, and 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 then you know, I mean. John Ward came in from Cheltenham okay. and John had tried to sign me when I left Yorville, he, he tried to sign me for Cheltenham um, yeah, offered me two contracts, I ended up going to Carlisle and um, to be honest I think I think he took the ump a little bit that I chose Carlisle over Cheltenham but then you know he came to Carlisle, first day shook my hand and said oh Kev finally get to work with you, you know played in the LDV vans at the time against Chester, scored two Came on Saturday, wasn't even in the squad. So I was like, uh-huh. you know, what can you do? And, what more can yeah, you do? Yeah, and, and to be honest, and I always say this: that's sort of when it was sort of my career sort of started going the wrong way. Of what you know, I went on loan to different places. Yeah. I went out to America. I came back. I went on loan again and stuff like that. And you know, and then I I ended up leaving Carlisle. I ended up not having a club. Going to Darlington. Um, and Darlington saying, you know, they were in League Two at the time, and Darlington saying, oh, we can't afford to pay you, um, but, you know, we'll pay you petrol expenses. So I was getting 50 quid a week playing in League Two for Darlington. Wow. And I was, I was 27 years old. So, yeah. again, people, people won't know that kind of thing, but for me, it was about playing football. I love my passion. There's always been playing football. So yeah. to play in League Two for 50 quid a week was better than me than going and doing something else and earning a lot more money doing something else. But for me, I was playing, you know, I ended up playing, I don't know, seven or eight games or something, scoring three or four goals. And then Steve Staunton came in um, and said, oh, we can't afford to keep you, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know. 50 quid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He probably so, got that himself. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And, you know, the game before, we played against Leeds in the Cup. I think we'd only lost 2-1 and I got him on the match, did really well. And he was like, I'm looking forward to really working with you. And after the game on the Saturday came in, he's like, I can't afford to keep you. So that's where my sort of, and, I, and I've said this openly, my love for football sort of went out a little bit because it was never really matched for what we had at Yeovil. It was very different. If my whole career had been like that, it would have been the best job in the world forever. But it just wasn't, and and I think that the, maybe the expectations of it being like that and being very different at different places was a, a bit of a disappointment, um, yeah. you know. But uh, but uh, listen, it's um, but to be honest, like I say, it was one of them things that for me, um, it just filtered out. To be honest, and 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 I think that that probably happens in football, and um, you know, I think that that's the that's the sort of what happens now and then um, and I think you have to just sort of get on with it and, and, and go from there And was it at that time that you started to think about what your life could be 
after football? Because you say 27, that, that's still quite young, isn't it, as a, as, as a player? I mean, it's, did you have to then start to think, right, what am I going to do? Because that would have been all you've ever known, isn't it? Well, yeah, you're supposed to, but we didn't. <laughs> Nobody does, yeah. you know. Yeah. And this is the big thing for with football and stuff, to be honest. Um, you know, even when you're playing and, you know, the PFA and stuff like this, the union's meant to look after you and stuff like that. But they always say look for the future and stuff. But every player, whether it's Premier League, it's sort of changing a bit now because people are looking in the coaching side a little bit more. But back then you know you finished and then you think after to be honest so it's you know yes ultimately if I have any advice for anybody whether they're 16 17 or, or 24 25 is obviously you know is look out look for the future and stuff like that to be honest because I think that you know you just you never know what's around the corner I mean my career itself went from the highest of the high you know even being at Newcastle to then 18 months later playing in the conference so, you know, it happens, you know, and you have to work your way back up. But like I say, a lot of people, a lot of people maybe just had given up and folded, you know, before then. So you have to, you have to have a bit of, uh, you have to have very thick skin and all that much. But uh, yeah, I think that goes with the territory now. Can I ask, can I ask just to, to rewind a little bit there? I was intrigued to hear you say about, um, about America. And I, I was reading something. Did you have, you had an offer on the table from Toronto and Dallas? Yeah, I went to- Toronto, yeah, um, and um, I went out to Toronto with a lad I was at Newcastle with uh, called Martin Britton, um, and oh, yeah. who played. He was Newcastle. at Yeovil, wasn't he, Martin yeah. Britton? Yeah. For a bit. yeah, Brits was at Yeovil as yeah. well. Yeah, so I went out to Toronto with Brits, um, and it only came about because John Carver was the manager, who was obviously oh, okay. the academy yeah. director at Newcastle at the time. So went out there, um, and sort of two weeks turned into a month, which I then got offered a four-year contract. But as a lot of people in America, well, in England, wouldn't know about America is that they can give you a four-year contract, but it's only usually guaranteed for a year. So after a year, they can just say to you, um, we don't, you know, that's it. So it was the case of, I would have had to have got an apartment for 12 months and then after the eight or nine month season they could have said no and then you're still stuck with an apartment or and you can be traded at any time but yeah, to yeah. any club in any the other side of the country yeah so contracted to the actual mls aren't you to the actual the MLS. yeah yeah so that it, it it twice to be honest i mean obviously i went i went back out um to fc dallas um after i was at wrexham um after my um very successful unsuccessful time with Dean Saunders um to say the least but um yeah that was sort of again happened um went out to Dallas and obviously my brother's the under 19 head coach at FC Dallas okay um Uh he is now but obviously back then he was involved with the academy and um I managed to get a trial I went out um on trial um went down to Arizona to a training camp and it was about 58 degrees. So it was ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, but you know, me, like with my game, I used to run around like, you know, headless chicken sometimes, but you know, it's, it's, that was just my game, you know, and, and they all used to say to me, like, what are you doing running around so much? And it was that hot and stuff, but they offered me, a, they offered me a contract, a really decent contract, uh, to be honest. And then, uh, wanted to sign me and then 
got back on the plane, flew back to Dallas. And when we landed, I was getting our bags. The manager pulled me over and said, oh, Kev, um, got some news for you. He said, the club, the league have just signed an international player in the last international spot. So, uh, yeah, uh, so there was only seven international spots. So that, that, that was it for me. Like, I was like, you know what? Too much I'm happened. not messing around doing all this anymore. It's just, just, it's just a waste of time. You know, I'm, I've, you know, I've been so close and stuff like that. So I ended up coming back, and um, I ended up, to be honest, I ended up going playing. Maybe shouldn't say this, but going playing cashing in for Workington. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah just Again, going turn, going off the Wikipedia. Workington, Geisley, and Stockport Sports. Yeah. So, well, um, yeah, Workington was three games on the third game we played Geisley were top of the league they asked me to go and play for them um it was non-contract obviously went up to went up to Geisley the manager was a rugby guy um Steve Kittrick not a good guy to be honest but um um just didn't work out for me to be honest I lasted five games and I sort of was doing really well got man of the match scored a few and you know, sort of was saying, oh, we need more of Kev. And he was asking me about budgets and stuff. So I was helping all this stuff and then said, oh, you know, we need more for it. And I just I just thought, you know what, this is not for me and stuff, to be honest. So it's um, I, that's where I stopped. And the Stockport Sports thing, when it, they were um, one of my friends at the time in Manchester had, had bought the club and they needed players and he asked me to go and play for them and stuff. So... Um, that was the one game I think I played. Went down and played for them, but at the time I was probably about two stone overweight and uh, and very much not my head not in, involved in uh, wanting to play football anymore. To be honest, but uh, but yeah, that, that, that's where that come from. Right, and, and now you're into your your work as a again Wikipedia football consultant, uh, an agency firm, Sports Management International. So, yeah, so you remember, the... you, remember, you remember Lee Matthews who played for came down from Bristol City oh, on loan. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, big Lee. It's his company. So right. um Lee again, when I went out when I was coming to the end of my career, Lee was looking after me um and going out to America and stuff like that. So Lee started up the agency about um looking after all his friends. So he started off with the, you know, Louis Carey, Tommy Doherty. Um, Scott Murray, you know, people like that and stuff at Bristol City. Um, and then obviously, you know, he's grown and grown and, and, and do that. So it's, it's, it's more the, you know, the kind of stuff like that. And, but my, my big thing for me is like, I like to help, you know, young players and stuff. So if I come across, if I know or, or stuff like that, help any young players, you know, I know a lot of people in football clubs. And I like to try and place them in clubs and stuff like that and, and stuff. So, you know, it's 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 that kind of thing that's that's more of, of, of what it's all about. But like I say, it's Lee it's Lee's company and um he's doing really well with it to be honest. So it's you know, it's 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 interesting, it's competitive industry, but it's it's football and it's sort of everything that all I know since I've done since I was fourteen, but I've just done my B license uh, coaching with the Welsh FA. Um, okay. Yeah, so I've just done that. So um, I was always more inclined to be in like the talent ID stuff, the recruitment side. Okay. Um, 
going out and watching games and picking players and finding players and stuff, which I, which I did quite successfully for, with a few lads. Um, but, you know, being on the pitch and coaching and stuff and trying to help the young players has always been a passion of mine. So I thought, you know what, I've sort of put it off for a long time, to be honest, and I thought, you know what, let's just, uh, I was sort of advised and, you know, pushed, you know, by, you know, sort of, people close to me you know to, to to go and do it and stuff and 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 i think that i decided to just go and give it a go and, and it was great to be honest we've just lost our 20 goal a season striker you don't have to have a good one in the back pocket do you at all Kev? <laughs> well i've been trying but skip on he's our chat with Skilver. He, he, he's hard work <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know i know i know but uh no i like i say i try and help you know i speak to skivo and whenever i can and stuff like that it's like I say, I think Yeovil's. Uh, it, it, I know. I know it's difficult with what they can offer people and 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 the sort of where they're at and stuff now. And players want to play as high as they can and want more money than what you know Yeovil can give, maybe and stuff. And and it is. It, it's it's not easy. It, you know, it, it's 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 not an easy time, especially for the club. You know, having to go out and get lots of loan players and stuff doesn't help. Um, but again, you know, I think if they can, if they can, they can get a couple more players. I mean, obviously, I was on my B license with Mark Little. Um, oh really? With, yeah, he was, he was on his B license. Yeah, he oh. was a, honestly a really, really good lad. Um, really good. And listen, I know he's a good, good player as well, to be honest. But he's mm-hmm. a good professional. So people like that, if you over, you know, I know they've just lost Dicko and. Um, you know, Charlie and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and Charlie, they've lost some experienced players, so people like Mark will be a good addition for them. So, I think if they can find a couple more players, um, you know, maybe a couple of decent loans and stuff, I think that you know, I think that they can do all right this year. Do you think? Yeah. When it comes to selling Yeovil to a young player, whether it be one of yours or any others, the fact that we've had relative success with loanees over the years we can go back and talk Stephen Colker, Andros Townsend and the like but even most recently Josh Neufill who's a huge success from Luton Town they they think really yeah. highly of him off the back of that loan spell with us is that something that stands that stands people in good stead people talk I imagine I imagine Josh Neufill yeah. and his connections will say actually Oval was great for me and this is what Listen, I got out a, of it look, look at people like Kiefer Moore you know? yeah yeah you know listen whether it's Yeovil or any club like that, you know, any any competitive football is better than under 18s and the 23s football. So for me, my advice is to any player like that is to go and play games. I mean, we've put players into Yeovil, you know, Lewis Wing, you know, was one of the lads that we what put in. Alex Patterson, you know, Pato we put in. You know, there's there's been lads that we've put down to Yeovil and stuff through obviously Darren Way and Skibbo and stuff. That have actually come down and done really well and enjoyed it, you know, and 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 really enjoyed their football and and they've kicked on. So, yes, for me, you know, I would always try and and put any young player into Yeovil because for me, you know, I know what the fan base is like. I know what the the area is like. If you want to be a football, you you're not going to Yeovil to you know to go and live the life of living in a big city and stuff, you're going to Yeovil to play football, you know, so I think if that's what you want and that's what you want to buy into, um, for me, it's it, it's a no-brainer. Obviously, Conor yeah. Roberts as well would be another one, a huge success exactly, yeah. alongside yeah, Keith exactly. this, this, this summer yeah. for, for Wales. He played 
I think he was, I think he's something like he's the only low need to play 50 games in a season for us. That yeah. must have been absolutely yeah. invaluable for him. Yeah, exactly. And, and this, but that's the kind of thing that, that's invaluable for any young player or any young player or any player wanting game time. For me, why go and sit in the squad somewhere and be happy oh. to sit on the bench and, and stuff? Why not go and go somewhere and, and actually play competitive football? Yeah. And 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 you so uh, you, you've touched on the legends game already, Kev. Uh, you yes. About the, the uh, what was the situation with that? Because I think was it um, the end a couple a month or two back? It, You're it, only it, smiling because you can see me smiling. <laughs> <laughs> no one can see me smiling. You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, it was a month or two back that we heard that it had been postponed with a hope for to be rearranged for next summer. Is that? Is that where we're at? Well, um, yeah, that's where we're at at the minute. So um, I've been trying to trying to get it to go ahead for a long, long time, to be honest. And, and you know, um, Glenn at the club has been had, had been great. Um, you know, the, the guys that were at the club before were brilliant and supportive of it and stuff. Um, and and obviously Abby uh, Carter, who's obviously as you know, has been helping. Yeah. Um, has been a massive sort of in, you know help with the, with the club and the sort of guidance on being able what we're able to do what we're not able to do and stuff and I know she's been talking to the club a lot and um, the the opportunity was there um, but I think that obviously getting the getting the team sorted and and the preseason games underway and and out of the way before the season started was obviously the club's main priority um, uh-huh. which. Understandably, listen, I'm disappointed because it would have been great. But, you know, we've been um, provisionally told that we can do it at the end of this season coming. Um, so, obviously, you know, now that we're, we're coming out and knowing the fixtures and stuff, we're trying to work on an exact day, but we're looking at either the day after or the week after the season finishes um, to host the game again. And hopefully by then, with especially with COVID and stuff, I think that to have a full ground, to have a full pitch, to be honest, um, you know, for Stano and, you know, and obviously with what's gone on with Lee um, recently and stuff like that. I think that, yes, it's, again, it's disappointing, but I think it'll be worth the wait, to be honest. Yeah. Us, so the dream some of the names. Life. Give us some of the names that are coming down. Give us some of the names that you're hoping either were scheduled in or that you have tentatively approached. Well, the well, the 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 Yorval team would have been more or less every single player that was involved in the in the conference winning team. Um, every single player was had agreed to come down and play. Um, there were other players like obviously Jevo, um, Anthony Barry. Um, there, there, there was there, there was any player you can think of, and to be honest, you know, even people, you know, even legends like Warren Patmore and stuff, you know, that were happy to put their hand in and say, listen, I come down and play, but I probably could have got three or four teams, squads together to come and play. But I think that the whole idea was about the lads that played with Stano. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was more, you know, what it was all about, to be honest. So, yeah, I mean, every single player that was asked, not one person said they couldn't make it. Um the only one that couldn't said he couldn't because it was his birthday was Kevin Amankwa at the time. But now that this has come around again, you know, he'll be there, no problem. So, 
every single person, like I say, from, you know, even, you know, Jono, Daz, Gav, um, obviously with, you know, people are, uh, it hasn't really been explained a lot, but nobody's been able to get a hold of Maka or, or know what's going on with him and stuff with, with after some of the stuff that's gone on that yeah. not many people, you know, really know, including myself. So, um Again, apart from you know, sort of Maka, really was it, it was more or less everybody to be honest. And uh, um, like I say, I don't, I'm not privy to a lot of the stuff. But um, you know, when you don't know something, you have to be a bit cautious and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, every everybody, you know, Wheelie, you know, Lockie, uh, Cole, Skivo, um, Lindy, Roy O'Brien, uh, Gilesy. Um, Going through them all, really. Um, <laughs> hey, you say, did you say Colin Plunk? Is he gonna? Is, yeah, is he gonna yeah, Cole. Yeah, yeah, Cole. Yeah, Cole's coming. I'd love to see him do a tackle now. Want to see him do yeah, one wouldn't. of his trademark sliding tackles? <laughs> I would. Now. I wouldn't, to be honest. Um, you don't want to be on the yeah. end of it, do you? <laughs> I, I still speak to Cole. I still speak to Cole quite a lot. He's a great lad. Um, what a player! You know, yeah, yeah, he's a great lad, and and obviously, you know that. And all the lads, I mean, even to, to the point, Jake Edwards, you know, he's the president of the USL in America. Yeah, of He was coming across. Um, Jamie Goslin was was going to come across from Australia. Um, wow. Hugo Rodriguez was obviously coming yeah, over he, from yeah, Portugal. Yeah, he said so, yeah. Um, Andreas Stolches. Um, wow. said that he, he, I think he's in Hong Kong. Um, wow. He said he would come along. Um, to be honest, every single person I've asked and this goes back to what I said before about the team spirit and the the togetherness that we had. Every single person, you know, uh, drop of a hat, Paul Terry, Lockie, Kirk Jackson, um, Gav, you know, all of the lads, just Kev, tell us when it is and we'll be there. So, you know, and even Gary Johnson, like I say, he's a manager, you know, even Gary Johnson had said Paul Tisdale was going to be the Southwest manager, you know, so things like this and the, the the names of players with the Southwest team that were quite happy to come and play as well um, was brilliant, to be honest. So I think that, you know, th- there's been a couple of others I'd like to get. Um, but I think that now that we've got a bit more time, um, you know, people like, you know, Lee Trundle and stuff like that, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd asked about coming down and stuff like that. Them kind of lads and names and stuff, I think we'll, you know, we'll get for next year, no problem. Lee Trundle always scored worldies against us. You don't have to oh, ask him. He's a, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. Listen, Trent is a great <laughs> lad. He's a great lad, and he was listen. He was one of the best, probably I played against, to be honest. Yeah. For for you know for that, so to have people like that and stuff. Um, but again, listen, you know, just to get our boots back on and and play in front of the fans again would be brilliant. But to try and raise as much money as we can for Stanley's charity, I think that yeah. you know. You know, we've already already raised quite a lot of money and stuff already, and that's without any ticket sales and stuff like that. So, you know, for me, it'll be a massive, you know, thing for us to be able to sort of, you know, raise that money and stuff, but give some awareness and 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 some thanks to all the people that, you know, look at Badger and people like that. People, you know, pe- people who gave their life to Yeovil, um, and just to, you know pass on a bit of thanks to them and stuff i think we'll go a long way that's an incredible yeah. shout out by the way that's and that yeah i yeah. love that i love that line about badger i really do i love i love yeah, everything he's listen he was brilliant again you know i i said remember i said earlier about you know mo o'donnell and Stuart housley you know again badger is another one of them because ultimately he was he was a part of the 
the whole squad. He was part of the whole club and stuff as well. And he did everything and so much that people didn't see. So I think that, you know, he was a big part of, you know, being being a part of that, you know. So I think that, you know, for us, it, it, you know, it'll be it'll be an honour really to, to sort of play and, and sort of remember him for sure. And an absolute and an absolute inspiration for the fact that the Glovers cast even exists. The fact for that sure, we're exactly. here, the fact that there's exactly, a website, yeah. the fact that it, it's because of what he did with Cyberspace. Yeah, exactly. I love, yeah. I love hearing everything you talk about when it comes to this team, about that unit, about that group. And when we put out a sort of a request for questions, yeah. um, there was one that came up a couple of times, and we have to ask you about it. Gavin Williams allegedly put a dead rat in your car, and you <laughs> were not happy about it. You're right to reply, sir. Um, correct. <laughs> it, it was well, quite it, well, believable when someone said it was Gav. That's yeah. what we just knew it was true then. Well, I'll actually tell you, I'll actually go a little bit further. He actually yeah, stole dude. my car first. Oh, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto, let alone Dead yes, Rats. Grand Theft Auto, yes, Gavin Williams. He stole my car and left it in the middle of, of one of the hills in the middle of the road, blocking it with the, with, with the doors wide open with pictures of myself all around the car. Like <laughs> of me and my Yorville stuff, basically pinned up to all the window. So that was the start of it. And then obviously it goes further. And then I find I go back to after training and stuff. And underneath, you know, my pedals, I get in the car to press my pedals. And all of a sudden this, this huge rat just falls out from underneath my pedals. And to be honest, I lost my head because I thought it was, I thought it was Nibsy. The, the, I, thought, I thought it was Nibsy, the, um, the physio. So I ended up, going and having a little bit of uh, um, with him and then realised it was Gav. But it goes a bit further because actually when I was doing that, he said, you better go and check the boot because I think there might be a snake in your boot. (laughs) What was it? A snake. Oh, my God. Where would one get a snake? snake? (laughs) Listen, Gavin Williams was the the professor of of anything. (laughs) <laughs> wind, he was the he was the biggest wind up merchant ever, but listen, he was a great lad. Um, but yeah, that is that that that, that actually is very very true. Did you um, get him back? Yeah, I can't. I, I won't say how. You, but you can't yeah. say that one on air. That's no, fine. I can't okay, say okay, no, no, okay, no, that's no, fine. No. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, that definitely did happen for sure. I imagine there was yeah. a few stories that probably couldn't see the light of day again. Is that right? Correct. <laughs> no, right. Move on, then. Move on. Move we'll on. move on. We'll move on. You can you can tell us in private. It's absolutely fine. Um, yeah, for sure. Looking back at that that little era, I think it's really interesting. And I I, I noticed something you said that when you went to other places, they didn't quite live up to what you had at Yeovil. How how do you feel like that squad? How special was that? that whole squad club experience. Is there a way you can kind of sum up in just a sentence or two, that whole experience? Just how special was it? Because I don't feel like it's replicated at any club at any point, even when other teams have been successful. I don't feel like they have that same, that that group did. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I think, I think, I think this is where Gary Johnson probably needs a lot more respect and a lot more appreciation than, and I know he did get a lot, but probably more, even more so because of what 
Gary wanted everybody to buy into. He wanted everybody to be to buy into the the, the oval way. I would I, I say, you know, and that was basically the togetherness. And I know that you know the achieve by unity is, but I know that was a lot before way before Gary Johnson. But Gary Johnson really bought into that and really and really took that to the next level by everybody that was in everybody that was in together lived in Yeovil you know played together lived together you know sort of trained together traveled together you know went in and did things in the community together went into the hospitals together you know went in to see the kids in the schools together yeah. you know everything everything about it was never a problem you know you were asked to do something and it was never a problem because yeah, I, I can remember you did you you were one of the group that came to my football team i was illminster town fc and you used to come to the, yeah, yeah. The, the the end of season dues in the yeah. in the in the hotels yeah it, it was it was nothing it was just it was skivo it was darren way it was but, the manager yourself like it was get, just a thing. Ben, do you know what it was it, it was an enjoyment to do that yeah because listen me personally and, and other players as well like ultimately we're football players and fans they work day in day out they spend so much money going to games traveling to games why would you not appreciate that as a player you know what, 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 you know why would you not why would you not want to inspire younger players to come through and want to play for the football club you play for you know for me that's what football's all about you know if somebody stops you in the street to talk to you why would you not talk to them why would you not sign an autograph for them why would you not give them a shirt if they ask for one i mean not that the club gave us any shirts we'd probably have to buy them <laughs> to give them but that's the kind of that's the kind of sort of unity that i think gary instilled to be honest so i think that to sum it up i think that that's the togetherness and i think the stuff in the community um and the the sort of relationship we had with the fans, I think that, you know, I think I think that the fans saw the players as as like friends, to be honest. So, and I, and I think that that went a long way. That that that's you know that's a wonderful wonderful place to kind of to call this to call this interview. I, I love that. I love that inline. I, I, we have got a couple of other questions. They're maybe not so serious. Yes. So stick with us. Um, a couple from uh, a good a friend of the podcast, Craig McCann, who says, yes. "Is there any professional?" Ex pro that you know of or have worked with that has smaller feet than you. I'm only a size five and a half. <laughs> That's pretty small. <laughs> that is pretty small, though. Um, probably no. no. No, I don't think so. Could no. you buy your football boots from the kids section, though? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> cheaper. That's fine. When you're on fifty oh, quid cheaper, a week, at, exactly. When you're on fifty exactly. quid a week at Darlington, you need all the exactly, same all the pennies mate. You, you, have to, you, have to, you have to get what you're given. Yeah, exactly. Um, and will the tram lines ever make an appearance again? Absolutely not. Absolutely not even for the Legends <laughs> Day. Come on, for the Legends <laughs> yes. Day. I was asked that question to be honest. Will you put the tram lines in again? Which I might do, to be honest. I, if somebody said, "Listen, I'll give you, I'll give you a hundred quid for the towards the charity." I'll do it, no problem. Right then, there, there it is. That's it. That is that is out there now, Craig. If you want no these tram problem. lines, Craig, 
100 quid for no, this Legends no game problem, and they're back. No problem. That's done. No problem. You put money done. into the charity, I'll do whatever. No problem. <laughs> um, Alex White says, um, how did you ever, you always kept your hair so perfect throughout games? A lot of hair questions on your hair. Kev. A lot of hair questions, isn't there? Well, I mean, I'd and, and there's, today, a, and there's so, another yeah, one. Just, <laughs> um, yeah, I was very particular about my hair, as you probably can remember. So, um, yeah. Um, a, I'm not sure how, how, how it was kept the same or, or whatever, but uh, yeah, I was quite particular about that. We had a, uh, yeah, we we had a question a, on Facebook. A, Go on, Dave. Sorry, yeah. mate. I was going to say the same thing. I think we had a comment on Facebook about uh, from a, a chap, Adam Skinner, who said he went in at 17 years old to the barbers in town and asked for a Kevin Gull, and they knew exactly what to do. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, you're Massive. a trendsetter with that. That hair. was obviously what I was going for, Dave. That was obviously what I was going for. Yeah. Go for Cultural the Kevin trendsetter. And yeah. we will end on the question we always ask our new um, our new uh, uh, guests, our pundits. Um, this is a bit of a silly question, but it is time I need to rank your meal deal of choice. You're heading to Tesco. You've got to get something quick for lunch. What is your £3, £3.50 meal deal of choice? Chicken and stuffing sandwich. Good start. It's a good start. A bottle of Doctor. A bottle of Doctor Pepper. It's a great oh, middle. It's a great that, middle. That, that, and, that. and Darren Way will laugh at this one, and Lee Johnson will laugh at this one. But a Turkish delight. Oh, Turkish left field. Delight. Okay, yes. exotic. Left yeah. field. I used to get. I used. I used to get the mick taken out of me a lot on away games, where I would turn up with a bottle of Doctor Pepper. And a pack of at least five Turkish delights on the bus <laughs> on the way on the way trip. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, what that's better way to end it. Th- that's the yeah. most imaginative meal deal we've had yet. There is no way we can, go, yeah. no way we can better <laughs> that now. Kev, thank you so so much for giving up your time on this Thursday night. I really appreciate it. So much luck and so and much well wishes yeah. towards anytime. for this when this when this legends deal gets set in stone and collared, the Glovers cast are there. We are covering it. We are interviewing the lot of you. No problem. We are but, but honestly. Seeing, if you need anything from from me at any time, listen. I'm, I'm my phone's always on. Um, you know, if there's anything that the lads can do, I'm sure. You know, if you need help from from me getting in touch with the lads and stuff, I'm sure they'd have no problem at all. And you know, like I say, I've said this from day one. You know, we're former players of this football club, and I'd like to think that we're all still fans of the football club, and I'd like to think that the lads would do. You know to a point almost anything you know if we can help out in any any way and stuff um so if there's anything we can do on the, on, on on this front and stuff to help and stuff like that then like i say my phone's always on um call me text me anytime and like i say if you know if we can help it'd be great and you know we'd like to invite you along obviously to the legend game um you know if you want to be a part of it for the commentary or what, whatever it is let us know and you know like i say we can that, that'll be no problem at all Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I will. Honestly, in, anything better, anything we can help with that. Listen, you know, like I say, I know you do a lot. Of, I, I see it every single day with the Glover's cast and stuff like that. So, you know, to come along and, and you know be there on the day and stuff. You know, I've got a lot of stuff that I'm trying to do, Ben, regarding you know a little documentary of the game or the, a little sort of filming or commentary and stuff like that. So. Any ideas, you know, we can we can have a chat about, you know, any ideas like that, no problem at all. Kevin Gore, it has been an absolute honour and a pleasure to speak to you. No this problem. Evening, Thank you so, so much. No Thanks, problem at Kev. all. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks very much. Take care. 
And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.